Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from Pastor Jonathan. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Y'all, welcome to The Exchange. Man, we're happy to see you guys. Um, I hope you guys had a good Christmas holiday. Did y'all have a good one? I had a good one. Did anybody have a bad one? If you do, we want to hug. I had a good one. Did anybody have a bad one? If you do, we want to hug you today and tell you that we love you and we're sorry that family sometimes stinks. Um, they do. I know they do. Um, man, I wish I had like a light. I'm going to turn my table this way so you're going to see the papers on this side, okay? Don't judge me. I have papers. Okay. Um, but welcome, guys. Uh, I had a pretty good Christmas. We uh, kind of crammed all of our Christmas into one day, into Christmas Eve. And so we had uh, her family in the morning. We had my family in the evening. And then we had my extended family, or me, had the extended, Lindsay went to bed. I went to my extended family that night. And uh, so we had like different layers of family going on. So the first layer was uh, for me, in-laws, and um, we have a, a new baby introduced two years ago, Isley. She was pretty cool. Uh, she, she's kind of new, right? She's two years old this year, and uh, so we had to have the talk with her parents, the Santa talk, you know what I mean? And we're, not, we're just going to keep it at that for right now. But we had to have the Santa talk, you know what I mean? And uh, so we had to decide what, what was going on with that. Um, uh, and my other side, all my, uh, my youngest nephew, I think, is 10. So I'm kind of experienced on that side through it all. And uh, my oldest niece, she is turning 16 this year, I think. And it's cool for me as an uncle because I'm a fun uncle. I pride myself. My uncle, my uncle, Uncle Billy, he gave me an awesome example of being an uncle. He was amazing. He was funny. He was, um, he was stupid. If you've ever seen um, Nacho Libre, that's my uncle. <laughs> there's, there's moments in Nacho Libre that all of my family goes, oh, that's Billy. You know, when, he's, uh, when he finishes his last wrestling match and he does the backflip, I think he does a backflip, and he lands on his belly and he sticks up like this, he faces up. I've seen Billy do that exact thing. His hair's the same way and he has a mustache. It's, it's insane. I think that they found Billy and they modeled that character after him um, and just made him Spanish. So, um, but, so he... I pride myself on being a fun uncle, but now they're getting up to the older age, and so fun uncle becomes corny uncle, you know what I mean? And so I don't want to become my dad, you know what I mean? My dad, he, he's funny. My dad has a great sense of humor, and I love him. Um, he's awesome, um, but, you know, they, there's, just, there's an age that you become corny, and, um, 
so I have tried to transition into wise uncle. You know what I mean? The wise uncle who supports the parents, but also hears the kids. You know what I mean? That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to transition into. And it kind of worked the past couple of times. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It makes me want to be around them more, that kind of side of things, because I'm able to talk to them about real stuff now, and I'm able to be honest with them about real stuff. I don't know, you know, when you're talking to kids, you can't be honest about certain things. And you can't just say, yeah, you know, sometimes we die. And uh, it just happens. It, 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 it ends. You know, we can't just do that to them, and we can't tell them, we can tell them, oh, but then you go to heaven and all this good stuff, but um, the, you can't really have the facts of life with kids. You can, but they don't really grasp it uh, as wholly as a 16-year-old does, because a 16-year-old, they grasp a lot more uh, than we realize, and they, they know, they, they think a lot more than we realize, too. They, they analyze a lot more than we realize. So I enjoy, I'm rambling now, so we're going to move on. Uh, but I enjoy talking to that side. And then uh, my third family, um, it's my BBCs, my brothers by choice. And um, I went over to, he li- my friend lives across the street from my parents. And what's crazy is that we've lived across from each other on my whole lives, and we've known about each other my whole lives. We didn't become friends until I was like 19. And, uh, but we're, we're really close now, and we destroyed some of our other brothers on some dominoes, man. We, we played some bones, and I killed it. It was awesome. I haven't played in a while. If you've ever played dominoes, you know what I'm talking about. It's a great feeling. It's like riding a bike. You just hop right back on, and you're going. Um, but that's it, guys. Y'all are dismissed, and uh, we can go. Okay, yeah, I'm just playing. We, you guys are mine today, so I hope y'all bra- brought a sack lunch because I don't get y'all often, and uh, we're in here for the long haul. I got the Red Bull and everything. I see I came prepared. Um, I'm joking. Uh, so we are going into the new year, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I am super jazzed about 2019. I'm super excited about it. Uh, one, because of... Uh, my personal uh, ventures in life, I'm really excited. 2018 was rough. Hello? <laughs> Hello, mother-in-law. I just saw you. No. Um, so we, uh, so we're, I'm super excited about it because in my personal walk, we've, me and Lindsay have been going to school, and I'm still going to school, but in, in 2019, uh, but there's some stuff moving that I'm just super excited. Both of us are really excited about. Lindsay is graduating next semester. Yeah. Pumped up about it. We're pumped up about 2019. It's going to be awesome, right? But 2018 was rough. It was rough. It was the busiest year of my life, I think, and uh, it was so busy that I have no idea how I got certain things done. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I met certain deadlines. Um, it, it just happened. I think, I think angels were kind of doing my work for me at some points. Um, but it kind of seems like we say that every year. We get to, to the end of the year, and we're like, oh, man, we're done with this year. Right, 2017 was like the death year. You know what I mean? You like had all those celebrities die all like all at one time. It would be like 
go through a couple months, nobody dies, and then all of a sudden 20 people die at the same time, and you're like, what is going on? And it kept happening to us 2017. That was awful. 2018 was just busy for us. It was rough. It was kind of like uh, if y'all work out. I'm going to preference that first. If y'all worked out or if y'all have worked out before, it's like working out and then taking a week off. And then that next Monday, when you go back to work out, it's the same stuff you've been doing for months, but for some reason, it's just a lot harder. That's what 2018 felt like to me. 2017, it just kind of felt, man, this is just rough. This is just a little bit harder. That's what's going to happen to me on Monday, by the way, because I took last week off. It was glorious, and I ate a lot, and it was amazing. It's going to be awful tomorrow, but we're moving on to to the new year, and in moving, me and Lindsay are actually moving. Uh, We're moving from a one-bedroom apartment into, we're hoping, a rental home. Uh, We're looking for a rental home, and if anybody has a rental home out there, we're looking for one. Um, We're looking for a rental home because we're we're tired of living in one-bedroom apartments, and so we're getting out, and in moving, we are not strangers to this action. In our first year of marriage, we've moved, we moved, because we moved more than that, uh, but in our first year of marriage, we moved four times and over 2,700 miles, 2,700 miles in one year, four times. And two of those times, we moved by ourselves. It was awful. So we're not strangers. In fact, I helped my parents move my grandparents not too long ago, and I was the pro on the scene. I was the one, com- like, quarterbacking where stuff was going, you know, the pack in the truck and stuff. Hey, don't put that on yet. We got to put this guy on, you know. So I know a little bit about moving, and I was thinking when Pastor Jared asked me to speak today, I was thinking, you know, what can I talk about? And something close to me is moving. And something moving into something new can be a daunting task, and sometimes we can even get um, frustrated by something new because of the stuff that we're moving with and the th- stuff that we have to move with. And so I have come up with the top four things that will help you out in moving. But first, if you can, stand with me. We're going to read Hebrews thir- 13, 5 through 8 in the message version, and it says this. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you, you can boldly quote, God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what, who or what can get to me. Appreciate your pastoral leaders who gave you the word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all. For Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's always totally himself. Father God, I pray today that you help me communicate clearly what you've given me and uh, that we can learn and grow together, Lord God, and move into 2019 ready for what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. 
And stand up real quick. I'm just joking. Sit down. Uh, making sure y'all get that workout in before Monday. Yeah, make it a little bit easier. Um, some of you were probably thinking as we were reading this that uh, what did they have to do with moving? You know, it didn't say U-Haul one time in that scripture. Well, if you didn't know, U-Haul is not in the Bible. Um, it's not in there. I, I looked. I, I put it into Google, and it didn't come up. Um, but if you heard me, if you've heard me speak before, you know that I like to go back to things all the time. I set you up, and then we go back to it all the time. So that's what we're going to do, um, because if I told y'all what that had to do with moving, then we could just dismiss and leave like we did earlier, right? But uh, I, I like to keep it secret. Um, so if you're taking notes today, um, these are the top, Pastor Jay's top four tips to moving into the new year. And tip number one is choose where you are going. Choose where you're going. That's probably one of the key things, you know what I mean? Because if you don't choose where you're going, then pretty soon your lease is going to be up tomorrow and you're not going to have anywhere to go, you know what I mean? You're not going to have a plan to go anywhere. Something that kind of bit us in the behind, um, almost bit us in the behind, was that we didn't realize that we had to have a 60-day notice before we moved out of our apartments. And they gave us a notice on the 61th day, you know what I mean? So, okay, well, we got to get on that, you know? We got to jump on that. But you have to choose where you're going. You have to know where you're going because whether you realize it or not, we're all moving in a direction all the time. We're always headed somewhere. Whether it's in your career, you're headed somewhere, right? Everybody's watching you, making sure you're doing a good job. Either you're moving to a promotion, you're moving to the exact same position, or you're moving out of your position. You know what I mean? We're always moving in a certain spot. In our families, we're always moving. Kids are always growing up, right? They're always moving. They're moving super fast. Some of you are like, slow down, you know what I mean? And watch that mouth, you know? Um, But they're moving super fast. They're growing super fast. We have to adapt to it. We have to learn how to, how we, we have to grow with them in order to, teach them and and to handle them correctly, right? And if we're not intentional in where we're headed, we're going to find out that we're going in a direction that we don't want to go. So we always need a sense of direction and purpose, whether it's in our career, our families, or in our walk with God. And since the exchange is a church, we're going to kind of talk about the spiritual side of things right now. Um, So as Christians, we are called to be followers of Christ, we are called to be his disciples, and in being a disciple, there are, uh, there's a disciple's motto, which is to know God and to make him known, right? There's two things. If you're a disciple, then you know God, and you are making him known, so you're going out and making new disciples, but the first thing is what we're going to talk about today, because when I say, uh, when I say that we are uh, followers of God, then uh, we're supposed to be moving forward in our walk with Christ. And uh, I don't mean we're just supposed to come to church a certain amount of times during the year so that we're good with the big guy. That's not what I mean by that. In fact, I don't mean coming to church at all. I don't mean that. Now, that's good for your walk with Christ. That's good for your walk as a Christian because you get around other Christians and it edifies you and it builds you up. But... What we're talking about is following Christ, not following church. It's different, okay? So we're following Christ, and we're called to know Christ. 
right? And I, I love the, the sinner's, uh, we, we call it the sinner's prayer, but it's a scripture that, that we, we find kind of like confess with your mouth and believe in your hearts that Jesus Christ is king, right? So we, we say those words, right? But confess with your mouth is kind of like what everybody hangs that on. is like confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is king and you're saved. But the second part is way more, way more important. Believe in your heart. If you believe something, then you know it. If you believe something, then you'll die for it. It's so much bigger than just saying it, right? And if you know somebody, if Lindsay knows me, right? In fact, if we were being honest in this room right now, most of us are acquaintances with each other. Now, we're trying to fix that with our connection groups coming this year. We're trying to fix that. We're trying to make it to where you all know each other. And, and we all know each other, and we can grow together, and we can learn together. But if we're being honest, at this point in time, in 2018, a lot of us don't know each other very well, right? And the way that we fix that is two things. One, you talk to each other, right? You, you, you don't just leave. You actually stick around and talk to each other. That's one way for people to know who you are and for you to know them. Two... It's to spend time with each other. Spend time with each other. Go bowling. Go, I don't know, disc golf. I don't know, real golf. Whatever it is that you like to do, go do those things. Play dominoes. It, I, you don't want to play against me, but play against somebody else. Get me on your team. We'll crush people. You'll get to know me, right? You'll know that I'm very competitive on dominoes. Um, but... Get to know each other, right? Lindsay knows me because she lives with me. She, she, we know each other. We spent time with each other. She loves me. We love each other because we know each other. We spend time with each other, right? And, and a lot of people put this onto, well, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to read your Bible every day. Reading your Bible is good, but if you don't understand your Bible, you, you're not knowing what you're reading, right? And so a part of moving spiritually is being willing to go somewhere new in your walk with Christ. Maybe that's learning something you never knew before, like, and I'm going to give you two things that you probably didn't know before. One, that in Joshua, Joshua has, uh, there's a a section of the Bible, you can look it up, it's called the day, uh, the longest day, I think is what it is, or the day the sun stood still. It's categorized as one of those two things. And when you read it, it's a story that Joshua is leading, uh, is fighting these, these people, right? And there's, there's this moment that the sun literally stands still in the sky because as they're winning the fight, the enemy is fleeing from them, and there's not enough time in the day to kill them all. So God stops the sun. That's what it says. And it's actually, what's cool is that the Bible actually gives another reference. It says it's also written in the book of Jashar. It references another book. Awesome thing that the writer did. Um, But it's in the book of Jashar. The sun stands still, right? Joshua leads his his group, his Israelites, to these uh, commanders. They catch up to him in a cave. And God tells Joshua, don't kill him yet. He says, get the heads of all the, the houses of Israel the 12 tribes of Judah, and bring them, or 12 tribes, bring them out, and um, I want you 
to put the, have the leaders step on the necks of all the commanders. And so he does this, and he has the commanders step on the necks of all the kings. That the kings, these are kings that they're conquering, kings. And God tells Joshua to tell him this. He says, look at these people underneath your feet. These are kings. If you hold true to God, there's no one that can stand up against you, and you will always have your feet on their throats. Now, if you know anything about animals, a sign of dominance is to attack their throats. What God is teaching the Israelites in that moment is that I am your protector, and I am going to fight for you, and I am going to make you the dominant person. But I'm going to do that. Teaches them something. Something he probably didn't know. Here's another thing that he probably didn't know, and this one is a little bit more comical. David, after he killed Goliath, carried Goliath's head around with him for six days. Bet you didn't know that. My dad has always taught this. He took some liberty with it. He taught this, that David probably walked around and was like, what's up, ladies? Meet my friend. Hello. (laughs) You know what I mean? Hey, Goliath, who killed you? David. You know, he's like puppeteering his way around Israel. Right? He, he, tie. he carried, that's weird, right? That's crazy. Back then, that was normal. But that's crazy. That's something that you went, if you just kind of read it, you probably gloss over it. Thought, oh, that's weird. But that's something in the Bible new. That's something that if you, if you didn't know the history, you'd think, man, David was crazy, right? But that was normal. It was a normal practice back then. Right? Or maybe it's gaining a better understanding of something you've already thought you knew, but never researched out yourself. There's stuff uh, I, I've, uh, through my walk with Christ, I have, from, um, from an early age, I was a pastor's son. Um, so I've, I've always grown up in the church, and I have always learned uh, certain things about God and about uh, the Bible that I've always taken as truth. And as I got older, I kind of realized that some of the stuff I learned wasn't truth. It was actually in a song that we sang. It wasn't in the Bible. It was in the song that we sang, right? So there's some things that we know and we base on. We base our whole faith on, our theology on, and it's in a song. It's not in the Bible. There are some things that we need to examine. Are you willing to let God take you through that path? You know, into new things, into maybe broader rooms. Maybe you're just looking in the closet, and he has a whole room behind you. You know what I mean? Um, Even though we may be headed into an uncharted territory, and we're not sure where, what it's going to look like, we need a direction that we're headed. We need to be going west. We need to be going east. We need to be pursuing something, right? Because if not... We're just going to wander, and we're not going to know where we're headed. We're not going to go anywhere uh, where we want, where we would like to be, because we're not, it's not a goal. It's not a destination for us. I believe that God's heart is the same as when he tells Jeremiah, or he tells Israel this in Jeremiah. He's talking to the Israelites uh, who are in exile at the time, and he says this in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. He says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right? I believe that God's heart hasn't changed through the whole Bible. I believe it's been the same since creation to now. There's been no heart change of God. And so in this, I believe that God also is saying to us that his ways are better. His plans are better. It's not so that we can be harmed. Now, I realize that this scripture isn't specifically for us, but I believe that this shows God's heart. And if we know God's heart, then we know that his plans are always going to be for us, right? Tip number two, get rid of your non-essentials. Get rid of your non-essentials. So something, I asked Lindsay, I said, hey, I'm going to take off two, three, and four of January. The second, third, and fourth. I'm going to take the whole week off, baby. What's up? You know what I mean? Let's go on vacation, you know, let's go vacay, have some fun. Where you want to go? She said, I want you to stay home and help me clear out the house. And I said, you what? And she said, I want you to stay home and clear out the house with me for two days. And I said, okay, well, at least we don't have to spend money, right? And so what we are getting to do next week is we're going to go through our house, and we're going to go room by room, and we're going to find all the non-essential junk that we've collected and that are cluttering up our lives inside this little tiny one-bedroom apartment that we always say is too cluttered all the time and messy when it's only just like five things on the ground, all right? We're going to go through all that, and we're going to throw away all of the non-essential stuff, right? Because in all of our houses, we have things that we definitely need to get rid of. We definitely need to get don't pat, Don't pat your husbands or your wives right now. Don't pat them. Or point at them. Uh, And there's no better time, right? There's no better time to do that than when you're getting ready to move, right? For one, it can help you out with moving costs, right? And two, it can help you buy useful things, right? If you sell those things, you can go buy useful things. Like uh, we have a hole in our couch. Buy a new couch, right? Or get rid of the couch and buy a treadmill there. That's super useful until you don't do it, right? That's what we would do. We would just look at it and go, get rid of that. Um, that's unnecessary. Um, but real talk right now, we all have baggage that we take with us into every year uh, that goes by. Every relationship, every aspect of our lives, we have this baggage that we just lug around with us. And it's non-essential stuff. And most of the time, it's stuff that does not matter one bit to anybody. It doesn't even matter to you. It's just that you're carrying it. And when someone goes to take it, you're like, hey, this is my bag. But you don't really care about it, but it's on you, so you're defending it, right? How many of us married people in the room, right, have, <laughs> have had a really fired up argument over things like, the toilet roll being on the wrong side. All right? Little things like that. Luckily, me and Lindsay have not had the argument with the toilet paper roll being on the wrong side because neither of us care about that. She's just really happy when I put the roll on the stick. She's happy about that. Boom. Win. You know what I mean? If I ever want to win with Lindsay, I go, hey, did you check the toilet paper roll? I put it on the stick. 
and then I put the stick on the little holder thing. Um, because I have done that before, where I just put the stick inside the toy. Anyway, um, but but we need to identify those things that take up real estate in our lives, our minds, our emotions, and our hearts that really don't matter. And we need to go through those things, and we need to find them, and we need to extract them out. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, and we're going to read the first part of 2, so it's going to say 2A on it. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fix Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, right? So get rid of those things that are weighing you down as you go in to this new year. Because 2019 already has issues and problems that you're going to face. It already has things that you're going to come up against and that you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to overcome. So why are you taking the problems and the issues that you had in 2018 with you? Right? Leave those at the door. The things that you can. Right? There's obviously some things that are going to bleed over. You're going to have to deal with. But the little things, the things that don't matter, leave them at the door. Right? As we move into the new year, find the things you should, you should slash need to live without. And while you are in the process, ask God to show you the essentials that you will need. Ask God to show you those things that you're going to need. Right? And tip number three, get help. Get help. That's another big one. Right? All four of these are really big in moving. But how many of you have ever moved a house without any help? I have. It was terrible. It was awful. Right? Uh, Like I said, me and Lindsay, two out of the four times we moved. And I think that God, on on the one, we we moved to Michigan one time. And we moved back from Michigan. And when we moved back from Michigan, we had no help. It was just me and Lindsay. And I think that God gave us superpowers. Because, we one, we did it really fast. We did it within, like, three hours uh, or three or four hours. We did it, and we knocked it out, truck packed, ready to go, three hours. And we did it by ourselves, and I'm pretty sure that I moved all the furniture by myself. And I don't know how. I don't remember doing it, but I remember it all being packed, and I know Lindsay at the time, I'm not trying to downplay Lindsay at all, but I know that Lindsay at the time was not strong enough to help me with some of that stuff. And uh, probably would have hurt me, and I would remember those things, but I don't. So uh, maybe I just love her, and I have no records of wrongs anymore. But here, thank you, thank you. Uh, here is a sub-tip on this. If you want to show someone Christ's love to them, help them move. Help them move out of their house. That is something super huge, because no one likes to actually move. No one likes to move. What, they, what, what, what we all want is that we all want to go, oh, I want to move. And then you wake up one day, and you get dressed, and you go, hey, kids, load up the car. We're going to our new house. And you get into your car, and you drive to your house, and you get out of the car, and you close it, and you put the sold sign up, and you take it into your house, and you open up the door, and all your stuff's in there already organized and ready to go, and you close the door, and you're like, hey, we're home, right? That's what we wish would happen. 
right? But it doesn't happen like that, right? And uh, so when you help someone move, right, you're showing them the face of God, right? Right there, the grace, love of God right there. I will help you move because I love you, right? Um, Jesus gives us one command in John uh, 15. Uh, it's John 15, 12 through 13. He gives us one command. This is the command that Jesus gives us. And it says this, all right? My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends, right? And I've, I've heard people say this, and I, I, I had a discussion with a guy. I said, man, love is the biggest thing. If we could grasp what love is, then there'd be no racism, there'd be no wars, there'd be, there'd be nothing. We would live in a utopia in, in life, period. But we can't grasp that, right? And he said, well, you have to define love. And I heard, a, I heard a teacher teach this. If you read this verse, you realize that Jesus defines love in the same verse. He says, love each other as I have loved you. And then he goes on a little bit further, and he says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends, right? So giving your life, helping someone move is small potatoes, versus dying for someone, right? Something small. I have a friend that, and there will be no names named, but he works out all the time. And he uh, has built up quite a fair amount of muscle, and um, he has yet to help me move. He helped me move an item before. He, he hasn't, he's, he's, I'll give him credit on that. He's helped me move one item before, the only time he has helped me move that item was uh, when I was not able to because of work. And it was something I had to move out of storage. Into, it was like the last day that we could move out of storage. And then they were going to auction everything off. So I was out of town. Uh, this is whenever I was traveling all the time. I was out of town, and um, I couldn't get there. Lindsay had it, and it was a toolbox. There's no way Lindsay was moving that thing. I would have had to have help. It, I've lifted it before and almost had a hernia, you know what I mean? And so uh, I tried, you know, I had to get somebody help. So I got one of my other friends. He said, yeah, sure, I'll go. And then I got this guy. And um, he had, we had one night to do it. And he helped me move after four things happened. One, I had to downplay how heavy it was. I had to really downplay it. Like, man, it's easy. It's easy sauce. You just go pick up a couple stuff and go. It's easy. You have someone helping you, it's easy, right? Two, I had to, uh, three, I had to promise. This is the third point on my list, so I said three. Uh, two, I had to promise that someone else was going to be there, that a guy that was going to be there, right, uh, to help him move. Uh, three, I had to upsell how weak Lindsay was. Like, Lindsay's not weak. She's not a weak person. She's a strong woman. In fact, she's better at sport, most sports than I am. She's awesome. And uh, especially anything with accuracy, Lindsay's on the point. Um, but I had to downplay how weak she was. I, I had to upsell how weak she was. So I was like, man, Lindsay, she can't pick up like five pounds, dude. Her back will go out or her elbow will get dislocated. I just had to upsell it. And the fourth thing that I had to do is I had to ask, I finally resorted to this. I had to ask him, 
what good are his muscles if he only uses them for working out? What good are they? What good are they if you're just working out? Do something with them. And finally, he helped me, right? Real friends don't have to be begged to move a couch, right? Because they understand that moving a couch stinks. They know that. And most of us have no problem giving help to others. We don't. You ask us to move a couch, we'll move a couch, man. We'll help you with whatever you need. And that's awesome. Our issue sometimes is that we didn't realize that, that our pride is a non-essential. That helping, helping is what we do, but us receiving help, no, we're good. No, I can lift that toolbox by myself, you know? No. And instead of letting other people step in to help take the load off of us, we sprain our back trying to move the couch on our own. Or sometimes we think that no one will be willing to help. So, and this is a big one. Sometimes we think no one will be willing to help with where we're at. So we just don't ever tell them what we're dealing with. Oh, they don't want to know. Or, or they'll judge me. And they never, you never open up. Man, that's a, that's a big deal, right? And we struggle all alone and wonder why it's so hard to move. Why is it so hard? Well, it's because you're doing it alone. Asking for help doesn't show that you're weak. It shows that you were human. It shows that you need help. It's okay. We all need help. We know that moving a couch stinks. We know that. And so we're willing to help. We want to help. Like I said earlier, real friends don't have to be begged to move a couch. They don't run in the wake of a divorce. They don't believe the lies told about you. They don't run from an, uh, from an addict. They don't sit back and watch abuse. They pick up that dang couch and move it however many stairs you got because they know moving it stinks and that if it were them, they would need you what a friend does tip number four pack the toilet paper last pack the toilet paper last right what i mean by that is keep the essentials close keep the essentials close and man you can come back up you always 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 pack the toilet paper last right when you went uh when you went through your house and found the non-essentials that also meant that you designated the things that you absolutely needed. The essentials are what gets you through some of your toughest moments during a move. Family, friends, Netflix, those things. Those things that you can't live without, right? You have to hold them close. So you need to make sure you have them with you every step of the way, right? You can't just, you know, and... Being married now, I know this, and married people know this, and family men know this, family women know this, that as you go and you take on new ventures, you're not just doing this by yourself anymore. You have a whole team, sometimes a whole team behind you, 
And sometimes you have a whole trailer behind you. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're lugging a whole trailer behind you because now you got a family. And it's a little bit harder than other people. But every step of the way, the essentials have to be with you. In our spiritual walk, right, there's really one essential. Only one essential. And we find it again in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And it says this, right? We'll read the whole path, the whole little paragraph. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because when we move, we grow weary. And when we move into new things, especially things that are uncharted and things that are beyond what we can even imagine, we get scared, we get weary, we get tired and we lose heart sometimes. But in those moments, we're to fix our eyes on the things that are essential. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus. If you're at your career and you're feeling tired, find purpose. Find purpose in your family. Find those things. Find the essential things to hold on to. And, as, and we're ending a little bit early today. But as we move into this new year, I'm excited about the things that are coming. I'm super excited. 2019 is going to be awesome, guys, because it's going to be new. It's going to be new. And I think a, a, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's a start of another year. And, and I know that I'm young and I'm naive sometimes, but sometimes a little naivety is good, right? Because it's something new. And you can make it new. Wherever you're at, you can make it new. Man, I'm super excited about 2019, not just for me, but for you guys, for what God's going to do in your life. Man, I'm super excited about what God's going to do here at the exchange. Man, just talking between pastors. Man, we talk about this every week. We talk about what God is taking us, where, where God is taking individuals here in the church and, and where, where we see God's hand on your life and where he's leading you on, on those who talk to us and, and communicate to us, right? And we see what, what God's giving Pastor Jared ideas that blows mine and Kevin's mind when we, we hear them. We'll, we'll sit there in a meeting and he'll say, he'll throw out an idea as if it's like nothing, no big deal. And me and Kevin are sitting there with our minds blown going, how do you come up with these things? Like, how does that even happen? Man, God is giving him vision for our church. And it's awesome and it's powerful. Man, one of the things that I'm most excited about is where God's taking us as a church. And Pastor Jared uh, will be talking about it in the next couple of weeks uh, about, uh, you know, Uncharted was 2018's motto, or uh, 
I guess that that's the best phrase I can think of right now, motto, uh, theme. Thank you, whoever said that, theme, right? And next week, Jared's going to present the new theme. And so if, you're, if you can, be here next week. But in the next couple of weeks, he's going to talk about uh, what's been on his heart for the new year. And uh, to go back to our first verse, Hebrews uh, 13, 7 through 8, in the message, this is the message version, so it says some stuff differently than other versions. But verses 7 through 8 says this. It's the last part that we read. It says, appreciate your pastoral leaders who gave you the word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all. For Jesus doesn't change yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's always totally himself. And guys, I've known Pastor Jared and I've known Kevin and Pastor Kevin, and I've known Pastor Eddie, and I've known Pastor Reuben, and I've known Pastor TJ, and I haven't known Dylan as long, but I've known all those other guys super long. I've known them for a really long time, and I am evidence of their characters. And Pastor Jared especially, you, you don't even know. I, I've seen his life, and his life fits this. It fits truthfulness, fits faithfulness. So pray for him and keep him in your prayers. Later on, or, or yeah, later on in that chapter, the, the writer of Hebrews says, pray for us because we, you don't know what we're facing. You don't know what, what we're going through. Pray for them because, uh, pray for all of the pastors here because you don't know what we're facing any given moment. But we're always thinking about you. We're always praying about you. We're always, we're always hoping that God does something amazing in your lives. And so, uh, always, always be praying for them. Always be thinking about them. But Jesus has always been the same. And it's a shame that people's understandings of him hasn't always been the same. And it's fluctuated. The church went through a really bad time called the Inquisition. You've probably heard of it, Spanish Inquisition. It was a really bad time for the church. It was a really bad time for Jesus followers not that we were being persecuted but we were the persecuting that's bad man that's bad for us that's hurt us generations of ministering to people about Jesus that moment in time it's hurt us and so people's perceptions haven't always been the same about Jesus but Jesus has always been the same and I love the way that the message put that he, at the very end. He's always totally himself. He's always totally himself. Man, and he's made us to be ourselves, right? And you can always be that here. And we love you and we care about you. And uh, there's no other team that, that I have worked with, that ha I've been around, that seek God's truth and guidance more than pastoral leadership here at the exchange. And we are always, always here to help you move. And whatever you're dealing with, whatever couch you're moving, whatever situation you're at, we are here to help you. We are here to train you. Our whole job, our whole purpose, right, is to equip you to do the things that God has for you to do. That's our job. And so if a couch is, is keeping you from doing your job, 
we're going to move that couch. We're going to help you wherever you're at. So if you're dealing with something, call us, reach out to us, email us. I think our information is on the, the well, we used to have bulletins. If you took bulletins home, it's on that. It's on the websites. My, most of our emails, okay, real simple. My name, Jonathan, at theexchangehouston.org. That's pretty much all of us, I'm pretty sure. I think it's Kevin at. I think it's Pastor. I think it might be PJ at for Pastor Jerry. But it's very simple. Email us. Let us know what's going on because we love you and we care about you and we want to be praying for you and be with you every step of life. And uh, But let's go ahead and pray. That's all I got for you. Those are the four tips. Man, and I, I just want y'all to know that we love y'all so much. And I'm so excited about what God has for each and every one of y'all and beyond 2019. So, Father God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our church. I thank you so much for what you're doing in your people here today, God. As we worship and we, we praise your name, Lord God, as we go out today, we, I pray that we will just be a light amongst all of our friends, amongst all of our family members, God, and that people, when people see us and, and they hear us talk about you and talk about what's going on in our lives, God, that they see your hand in us, that they see that you have designed uh, something special in us, God, and that we spend time with you, that whenever they see us, that we show your love and they know that you are are in us, that you have been with us, and that there's something about us that stands out, there's something about us that's different, God, that, that's different from the rest of the world, but because we care, and we know, and we love, 